Welcome to another episode of Pod for Good, a podcast where we interview people in Tulsa who are doing good. I'm trying out a new tagline, Chris. Thanks for the warning. As always, I'm your chief philanthropod, Jesse Ulrich. And I am your mostly vice admiral philanthropod, Chris Miller. And today, our guest is Obum Ukabam, who is involved in so many things, I'm going to list all of them. He is a graduate of the Black Upstart Entrepreneur Incubator, Philanthropic OK Spring 2019 Cohort, Leadership Tulsa New Voices 11, PCAT 2020 Fellow, the 2020 Booz Allen Innovation Fund Grant Winner, The Zone Youth Esports Facilitator, Show Me Your Shoes Foundation Board of Directors, Hunter Black Men Member, Urban Coors Guild User Group, Cap Tulsa Client Service Committee, Theater Tulsa Board Member, Opportunity Tulsa Vice Chair, North Tulsa Debate Classic Program Manager, Greenwood Leadership Academy, Village Ambassador, FC Tulsa and the Dream Center North Tulsa Soccer League Program Assistant, and published author of, of Interrogating the Myth of the ISM, an analysis of dominant and subdominant cultural link perceptions and engendered motivations for continued participation in intercollegiate competitive debate. We talked to Oboom about the North Tulsa Debate League, how to make a difference in Tulsa without making an ass of yourself, and Holberton, I guess. Enjoy. We are very excited to have Oboom on the podcast today. Oboom, uh, welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you. Thank you. Are you still are you still hurting from losing uh, the Boomtown Award to Dr. <laughs> Bruce Dart? Yeah, so I was very surprised I would lose to him. You know, it was. It's, what has he I'm done really hurt. at all? I mean, I just found out who he was that day. No, of course not. That's <laughs> that's who I expected to win, and I I really wanted. I was I would have felt a little uncomfortable to be honest if if I did win over him. You know. Yeah. So it was just an honor to be in that ilk, though. But I've heard they're actually going to rename the award after him. <laughs> Shit, because right now, you know, my nickname growing up was Boom. Ah, so yeah, there you go. Again, a- any other year, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? You know, twenty twenty just... strikes again. Yeah, to be honest, it was just honored to be. I know people say that's cliche, but it really was. I just felt great to be even nominated and being the category with those organizations and the people. Like it just felt great to you know the hard work mm-hmm. that you do to be noticed, and you know. And bring light to other things that we're doing. So yeah, it was just an honor. And I don't mean to brag, but I actually won a Boomtown Award. Did for, you? I was uh, I was a Type Pro's intern of the year back in like 2014 mm. or something. So pretty wow. prestigious. Um, you know, that's so that means two thirds of the people on this podcast have been at least nominated for a Boomtown Award. Two that's fair, yeah, and that's true. And and one of us almost nominated themselves. <laughs> Almost. Really? I decided against it. Last uh, moment. Go for it. So, okay. For our listeners, Oboom is involved in many, many things in town. <laughs> so we're not going to cover all of them. We're going to cover some of them. Mm-hmm. And we might briefly talk about his actual day job, but they don't need extra attention. So, <laughs> but l- let's talk about the thing that like, I wish I would have done in, in school and did not. Let's talk about the, the North Tulsa debate classic that you do. So t- tell us like, was this something that you found once you moved here? Was it something you were always interested in? Yeah, so um, I debated in college. It was the first time I debated. They found me in the speech class, one of, my, one of the team members, and he told me I should join the team, right? And it was actually a really good team, and we won national championships, and I got to go overseas and compete in the European Cup, and we won that. So, I, you know, I got introduced to debate in college. We were very successful at it. And then years later, you know, I just – 
fell off from doing debate because there wasn't any debate opportunities, right? As as you look at as you go into the career world and career force, excuse me. And um, coming to Tulsa, I ended up meeting with a guy named Justin Daniels. He was looking for people to volunteer to help judge debate. And I said, hey, you know what? Where else can you use me besides judging? I definitely want to judge, but you know, I used to debate. Where can I, you know, where can I help our kids learn the, the skill? And he, he threw me right in. If it wasn't for Justin, I wouldn't have gotten um, attached to, to Tulsa Debate League. And Justin actually is the one who's been working on debate with the kids in North Tulsa for years. And we were discussing um, an event he was putting on the North Tulsa um, showcase. So I said, you know, let's uh, put our heads together and come up with something another way of doing this, right? I just want to bring my, because I have, you know, I feel like I'm really creative, right? So I just wanted to say, hey, this is something I love. I want to bring my best ideas to you. So me and him sat down, we hashed out a good um, a plan and we came up with the North Tulsa Debate Classic. And it was a it was a success. It was a great event where we had the kids debate uh, against community, the community uh, members. So we had people from organizations like Kojo and Onika, um, the Met Cares Foundation, the Black Women Business Owners of America, the 100 Black Men, the, uh, we had um, the the Flower Society. We had, you know, all kinds of people just debating the kids. So it was like kids versus the adults. And it was it was hilarious. And it was very inspiring and very, very, I was very proud of them. We were very proud of them. What what age groups uh, for the kids are we talking? Yeah, here? we we did elementary through high school. And it, so we had elementary kids debating things like uh, should there be uh, chores? Should, should should kids get paid for chores, or should homework be banned, or a video games bad for you? Um, and it got into real like it was Kojo's debate. Kojo and Nika versus the high school uh, kid uh, on video games. That's a classic. I, uh, we have it recorded somewhere, but we need to put that back out. But it, that's I mean they were going at it. You hear me? Like they were like talking about. I mean the kid yeah. was hanging with them, and then he didn't know after um, he was done. This was. This was like last uh, December. And I let him know. I said, you know, this guy just announced that he's running for Congress and his face dropped like, wow, like you're going to be debating a future congressman or, you know, he's running for Congress. He was very like proud of himself, but he didn't know. And they were going toe to toe. Let me tell you, Kojo remembers. Was Kojo anti video games? He in this case, um, like was was Kojo arguing for to He had to argue against it. And um, they were talking about Ooh. everything from just what, it, what dopamines to your brain. Like it was, they were going at it. And Kojo, they end, I believe they won. They won the debate because we, we told our judges to be to be real. We want the, we want all our students to have like you know honest feedback, and they want to get better. So Kojo, they won that debate. But um, that kid, you know, he was hanging with them. Because he had last minute, his partner had to um, something happened with his partner, so he had to debate them both himself. I was going to say that the skills you learn in debating are incredibly useful later on in life because it's about presenting your ideas clearly yes. and doing a lot of research so that you can argue against yourself. I feel like debate sort of preps you for like all the papers you have to write later in life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a way. It does. And that's a skill I wish I had. It's the critical thinking, right? Because debate – Yeah. It, 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 one thing people people hold on to their ideas, right? But debate opens you up to even having to argue against things you may not even believe in. I remember being in a debate round where they made us debate that black history should be every month. And they put me on the other the side that argues that it shouldn't be. And the person had this smug look on his face like I, I got him, you know, because I know he can't do this. But, you know, you had to you have to critically think and, and, and win the round, even if you believe it or not. You, it teaches you how to get through things. And these kids, they want to grow up and be lawyers. They want to grow up and be professionals and uh, public speakers or teachers or senators. Like this is the skill you have to have for that. 
Well, and this is this actually has been a very heavy Boomtown themed podcast even so yeah. far because didn't Onika win a Boomtown award? Yes, she did. For she Fulton did. Bucks. I mean, the, and the, the, bookstore, the bookstore won an award. And yeah, FC everybody. Tulsa also won uh, uh, an award for best organization. Exactly. I feel like Typer yeah, uh, should be sponsoring yeah. this. Podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, Type Pros. Maybe let someone else be right. host in the future. Doesn't have to be Brandon every time. Okay. Yeah. Uh oh. Anyway, that's fired. Just kidding. <laughs> he's got a baby coming on. He's, he's, he's going to be busy anyway. But can you talk about the? I'm curious about the soccer league, the FC yes. Tulsa Dream yeah. Center Soccer League. I've reached out to FC Tulsa. I started having conversations uh, about last year about wanting to do something with soccer. I grew up playing soccer as a kid. My parents are from Nigeria, so. You know, when I was born, my dad threw a ball at me. That was the first thing he did, just threw a ball to see what I would do. Um, And soccer is everything, right? So I started playing soccer all my life in the beginning. But then as you get older, you realize you're like the only black kid playing soccer. So I stopped because of the pressure, peer pressure. And just, you know, I didn't see myself in the sport. I didn't see um, a lot of stars being black at the time. So, you know, I wanted to do football and basketball. So I'd end up doing those things. But I realized that that was my first love. That was my true love. That was my, I was really, really good at it. My dad's still mad at me to this day because, you know, I'm not playing in the World Cup, but I was really good at it and I gave it up because of the pressure. So I said, you know, I know the social, emotional things soccer did for me as well as the health. Um, it kept me active because soccer, you're running around, you're having fun, but you're running the whole game, right? It's one of those sports where you're moving all the time. So, I knew that since I'm here in Tulsa and I have the opportunity to do things right now that I can do things. I'm not in California where I'm just too busy or not, couldn't afford it. I wanted to get soccer here in North Tulsa. And so I reached out to FC Tulsa, had some good conversations about other things they were doing, you know, partnering with them. But then, you know, I found out they were ready. They felt the same way and they already started discussions with people like uh, Larry Harris and uh, the Dream Center. And they said, you know, come to this meeting where we're really going to plan plan this. So we bring all the heads together, everybody that's doing this already, because we don't want to recreate the real, but how can we make it stronger? We have people who are working with kids already and doing soccer, but let's make it a big thing. Let's get FC Tulsa involved. Let's get the community involved. So we have this meeting and we planned it out and we are, um, so uh, me and Larry are going to be working on the specifics of it, but we have all the people who have been doing the great work like FC Tulsa, other groups that already have kids. And we're looking to have about 300 kids playing soccer next spring. We did, um, we came, uh, FC Tulsa came and awesome. they gave away balls. Uh, they gave away uh, equipment and they had the kids. We painted fields. We painted the the goalposts. We lined up. A, we had the actual the guy who does the the field for at One Oak Field. He came and they did the field at, at the Dream Center. They made it. You know, they lined it up specifically to the me- correct measurements. Taught the show the kids how to do it. And you know, because we want to keep the community doing these type of things, so we, they learn the skill of how to line a field as well as start you know, doing drills to learn soccer. And the FC Tulsa team came out and did some drills with the kids. They had so much fun and learning a little bit about soccer. And then again, like I said, we're looking to launch next spring with the actual league. That's awesome. And it certainly seems like um, FC Tulsa under the new ownership group and this group of players and coaches are very focused on the community, which has been really cool to see. From uh, Mr. Farmer, Wayne Farmer, and even we met um, the, the owner, Mr. Kraft, he came out. You know, like, like you said, they're really – and Lucy was the one I started talking to. So everybody involved in the team, whether they're doing marketing, whether they're doing um, community, or whether they're the general manager to the coach, they all are committed to it. And I met all of them, and um, they're, they've been great to me. Dylan, Wayne, they've all been just awesome people to, to get to know. So you were in the original Tulsa Remote 
cohort. Yes. What? Uh, and you moved here from California. What? What job did you have when you moved here? Because you're obviously not doing that job now. Because you work at a place <laughs> whose name we will not mention until they sponsor this podcast. Oh my goodness! Spoiler alert. Yeah, I I don't. I was working for a company that we did business to business marketing, publishing. You name it. Right. We worked with. IT people in the IT software engineering in the tech world. We did all the we did all those things for them. I used to be a manager over the team that facilitated facilitated their webinars, some of their lead generation, and you know everything that had to do with just marketing and de- developing their business and working with, like I said, companies all over the world on just software engineers, developers, IT people, cybersecurity. So I was just uh, managing that team and doing that. But got to Tulsa and got to working in the things that I really love and found a great job that does both at Holberton. I'm saying their name because that's the that's where I'm at now. And, um, I found them <laughs> through doing community you're work. Al- you're allowed to say their name. Yes, I will. I'm definitely going to talk about them because they do amazing things. And uh, I, I was able to find uh, a job that you know aligns with my passion. So that's what I do now. I work with bringing people instead of working with people who are already IT and software man, software engineers. Now we're we're, we're creating the next uh, force of software engineers from people who never typically have a chance. So that's that's what we do here at Holberton, and that's what I'm proud to be doing here mm-hmm. in Tulsa. Uh, how long after you moved here did you switch jobs or leave your the job you you had? Almost a year. Uh, I. I I got here. Um, so I got here in March of 2019. You know, I started talking to Tulsa Remote in 2018, right? Fairly, very early. One of the first people. And um, we started a new cohort here for Hoberton. We opened our doors in January of this year. So, so it was almost a year about that I switched over. How long were you in the cohort before you based, sort of started to think, you know what, I, I could stay here. I, I like, I like what, you know, the opportunities here in Tulsa, I want to stick around. I don't want to go back. Yeah, I would say after about a couple of months, my wife was just so happy. I looked at her and I was just like, I'm never taking her away from this type of happiness and this type of feeling, you know, because we were stressed out when we, before we left in California. We love California for the family that, she's, that she has there, that we have there. I, I don't want to talk bad about California like it's not it's a horrible place to live but I didn't see my wife this happy living her dreams because you know she's fulfilling her dreams now she has her own business working you know she does her, her own she has her own food business and so when I saw her just happy to be living her dream and just exhaling and 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 not having to stress I knew I wasn't going to leave I knew we were staying and what what is the name of that that food truck? So it's the name of the business is the Curds, food entity. Yes, Curds and Way Gourmet, and she does all kind of things from catering, charcuterie boards to small bites. And yes, we are looking into getting a food truck. We uh, rented one and we tried it out because we she's part of the Kitchen sixty six program, so Mother Road Market. So you know she mm-hmm. does pop ups there, and she did a pop up on the food truck because that's one of the that's where the one of the end goals. Hopefully, so that's. Uh, uh, something that she just recently did and it was fairly successful. So she's just amazing. She's talented. She makes it look good and tastes good. So I'm um, just happy to help her grow in that, whatever she needs. You, I, I know for a fact you are used by like, not used, uh, you're an example <laughs> that Tulsa Remote brings about about like, what's the benefits of a program like this? Like why, why are they paying people to move here who might leave after a year? And they're like, look, look at him. Right. Because yeah. you you embrace what Tulsa allows people to do that bigger cities don't, which is find a job they love and still have the time and energy to go engage in the community and work mm-hmm. on things that they care about outside of their uh, of their day job. 
And I know I bring you up all the time in the Tulsa remote interviews I do because they're like, well, what happens after the year? I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> but I want to talk about the – we should bring up the the grandparent of this podcast, uh, Leadership Tulsa, because you were also in their yes. New Voices program. Yeah. And do you want uh, – can you tell our audience what that program is? So I was in uh, Leadership Tulsa's New Voices 11 program. So we are one of those groups that it's, it's leadership development through the di- diverse eye. We, we, we are placed on boards, on uh, nonprofit boards or even some for-profit boards uh, to make sure. So, you know, people say they want diversity, right? So they give them us, you know, as essentially as an internship for a year to uh, be on their board. So I, I was fortunate to be uh, fortunate enough to be on Cap Tulsa's board. And Marcia and Wendy do a great job of just preparing us for what that looks like. And we learn a lot about ourselves. That was one of the best leadership trainings I've ever been in my life. It really opened, once they kind of like Broke you down, and, and you know, Jesse, you guys know from just being those programs, and they, they teach you what your communication style is, or from everything that they they um, mm-hmm. reveal to you that you are. It, it really opened up my eyes to where my true skills and talents are, and to be unapologetic about it, and you just go full force in that. So once I was able to do that, it, I think that's really what helped me become, you know, a, a successful and uh, engaging with the community here in Tulsa because I I know what I, I I we can harness the skills that I have into one thing now and just go full force with that. And that's what I've been doing. What would you tell people? I mean, one of the goals of this podcast was to help raise awareness about all of the sort of good work that is being done. And for people who maybe were like, I've always wanted to help with that, uh, you know, get involved. So to those people who may or may not be listeners, like how did you, when you, when you first got here, other than like what Tulsa Remote showed you, how did you figure out, okay, these are the things I like, these are organizations that are doing it, or the organizations that are doing it don't exist yet, I'm going to help found them. What gave you that sort of freedom and after, after working all day, you're like, I'm going to go do these things. Like, what would you tell people who want to help you in, in some of these things to do? Like how, how to take that first step? The first step is first um, knowing that don't come to this town. Tulsa's different. Don't come in thinking you're God's gift to Tulsa, right? <laughs> That's what some people do. And it's, it's, it's really, I know this sounds cliche. I know it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, I felt like Tulsa was God's gift to me because I went through a lot of things in my life where I'm able to now enjoy my life doing things I love. So I, I don't feel like I'm God's gift to Tulsa. I'm this new guy that is going to come save Tulsa. That's not what it's about, right? Um, the reason I'm, I've been able to engage fairly quickly is because of the people that I've met because Tulsans here, a lot of the good ones pass you along to the next person. So I first started talking to people like Kojo, um, talking to Nate Morris and Greg and, you know, all those, and they, they will pass me to, I told people, I came here, I said, listen, I want to work with kids. I want to do things in the theater. I want to work with uh, nonprofits. It's not hard in Tulsa. That's not hard to get connected quickly. If you t- if you talk to people and listen to what they say and stay in your lane of just I show them first. I'm a worker first. That's what I am. I work. I didn't come here to just, you know, t- t- to get attention or just tell everybody what to do. I wanted to work. And I think they trusted once they saw me working 630 in the morning, 730 in the morning, coming, reading to kids at, in, in at Greenwood Leadership Academy, doing the village or showing up on the weekend to help volunteer of anything. Even if it's an event, if I needed me to MC it or they needed me to carry chairs, I would do it. 
And so anybody who's coming here who wants to get involved, just be a worker first. Show that you are able to be trustworthy because this is a town where you, they need that trust. They need that trust. They need to know they can trust you first. And once they do, they will quickly uh, pass you on to everybody and let you know where to go. Even people in the same – that's one thing that fascinates me about Tulsa. A lot of people – there's a lot of nonprofits that do the same thing, right? Or you can come in and say, hey, I want to uh, plant trees, right? They will get you together with everybody that does the planting of the trees in town. And it's not any big competition. It's like, hey, we could use you here. We could use you there. Or have you went to this person? Even though they could be considered a competitor, right? They'll still tell you about it. And that's what I love about it. And so nobody holds back, you know, and if they do, you, you quickly learn how to maneuver through that. But yeah, it's uh, the reason I've been successful is because of the people here. They they know what's going on. They know what to do. And so they, they just gave me the tools to do it. So speaking of some of the the groups you've been involved in, I, I'm curious to hear more about uh, 100 Black Men. I know it's a group that not a lot of people in Tulsa know about. Yeah, but um, they should. They're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing stuff already that, you know, if you white people, if you listen, if they if you don't know about them, you've seen their work. I'll say that. Um, so David Harris, uh, when I got here is one person again that I met um, right off the bat, took me under his wing um, and said, hey, I'll put you to work. You said, okay, you want to work? You want to work with kids? I'll put you to work. I have a group that does that. So 100 Black Men is an organization. It's a national organization. And so uh, I'm a part of the Tulsa chapter. And they do things of mentorship. They do, I mean, you name it. Anything you think of, they work with community work. They work with the kids a lot. They do, um, even right now, I know Keith has been posting things about the agriculture things, initiatives they've been in, involved with, the grants. So they work with all of those things in the community, keeping the community healthy, educated, and mentoring our kids. So that's what 100 Black Men does. And they're very active in Tulsa. Larry Harris, again, I'm, I've said his name with the Dream Center. He's a part of it. Senator Matthews comes in and helps out a lot too. He's a part of it. Like I said, David Harris, Keith Miller, there's a bunch of people in town that that you already know about or things or initiatives that they've done. They're doing an uh, internship program right now. We are doing, I should say, internship program right now that's been very successful. So I'm um, just really honored to be a part of 100 Black Men. And I urge anybody to join in or help in any way they can. You don't have to be a, a Black man to to look in, into what we are doing and to help with that. But uh, that's we are um, unapologetically 100 Black Men, and we're proud to be in that organization. This entire interview is going to be us asking you about things you're already doing and you <laughs> yeah. explaining it to us. But... <laughs> Tell me about the Show Me Your Shoes Foundation and like what what it does, how how we can help. We know people yeah. who are very upset with shoes, so no, it's uh, so it's called Show Me, the Show Me Shoes Foundation. Uh, one of my good friends from college, she actually started this uh, nonprofit organization. It's eleven years now. I think we just had the ten year anniversary. Sorry, eleven years ago, Siobhan, she started this, and it's something I've always watched her do grow in, and very been proud of her. She had chapters in Kansas City, uh, San Diego, L.A. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida. She was, you know, blowing up and they do a lot of work for young women. So they have uh, mentorship programs for women, young women. They, they believe in uh, building confidence, they say, from the soul up. So that's where Show Me Shoes came from. They started doing uh, shoe drives and then it built into teen masterclass, um, moguls and heels, as well as the prom project. That's one of their big flagship programs, a prom project where they, they uh, it's a great program where they get girls dresses for the prom, but they don't make it just like here's a, a used dress. They get it quality. They have a big event, red carpet. They have designers, they have photographers, makeup artists, and they're also teaching them different things along the way. But they, it's really a nice event that anybody 
everybody can come to. So as soon as I got to Tulsa and I, I saw the landscape of Tulsa and I knew that this is this place had a lot of successful black women, uh, women of color who are already moguls in heels, right? And the, the entrepreneur spirit is really high with women. Um, I knew that they needed a chapter here. So I told them, hey, I'm in Tulsa. I did a presentation for them. I said, you guys should start a chapter here and here's why. Um, if you need my help connecting you to people or getting it started, I can definitely help you. And they said, yeah, we, but we want you to start the chapter. I said, well, you know, I'm a man. I, I, I know my place. I don't want to, you know, be the one to, you know, do this chapter if, you know, this is not, but they said, you know what? You can do it. And um, we started, we started a chapter here in Tulsa and we, I, we started doing the prom project and I have 200 dresses in my closet because everything got shut down for the prom with COVID, as you know. But so we are pivoting. The organization is, again, has been doing a lot, but now we are pivoting. So, yeah, it's a so it's a national organization still. But now I am on the, the board of directors. So they have a lot of good things in the works right now. Um, they've been very successful. They've been winning awards everywhere in Atlanta, you know, like I said, Kansas City. So I'm just fortunate to be a, uh, on the board of directors now. And we're going to we're going to uh, repivot to some other things that we're doing. But we're still like I said, we're still going to do those things. Uh, team Masterclass and Moguls and Heels here in Tulsa. We're still going to do those things. But we just had to take a pause. You seem to be an example, like the the sort of perfect example of a person who really engages with a new community that they they join and who wants to do all these things. And you know, I Chris and I are both from here. I moved away for a while and moved back. And I also so I understand the sense of like ah, new things. Like I'm an adult now. I've got time to help. We are still in the pandemic. This is our first uh, recording post election. So. And yeah. post the election being called. So we sound happier because we are. But <laughs> like what with all these with all these things you're involved with, with mm-hmm. with your day job at, at Holborn, with uh, the debate classic at FC Tulsa, what has it been like during this pandemic to do all these things where you would normally be in person? Yeah. Like how have you how how have you helped these organizations adjust? How have you yourself adjusted other than having two hundred dresses in your closet? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, um I'll say first I'll start with this. It's been the f- being, for me, the hardest part um, is not seeing the kids. That's what gave me, people say, give me life. That's what, even when I was having a tough day or I was tired, right, meeting after meeting, and I will go see the kids and it made it all worth it. So not seeing them in person and feeding off their energy and their innocence, right, and just knowing that whatever I'm teaching them that day or it could be a life lesson is is what I go home with. And that's what I used to go to sleep with when I was exhausted. But was that the fact that, you know, these kids were learning lessons and bettering themselves. So I think that's been the toughest part. Um, but also what's been good in the sense of how I've been helping organizations is I was a remote worker for years before this is a thing now, right? So where everybody else is trying to get used to it, I've been doing that, right? So I've been lending my expertise and even these Zoom meetings or what it is to have these online uh, calls, conferences, meeting, what it looks like, you know, best practices for that. I think I've, people have been leaning to me a lot for those type of things because I was doing it for since 2012. You know, I've been working on remote. So I was able to let, just jump in and help people adjust. Um, it's something that I had to jump right back into. So I, it was, you know, I didn't miss a beat or a step in that. Um, But yeah, it was hard not being around the people. But I've also, I think I've learned how I'm going to, whenever things open back up gradually, I think I am going to take more meetings virtually. Um, I don't have to show up to everything every every day. I think that's a waste of our resources and time. I think um, I'm finding better ways. And I think now that people are more, have adjusted to meeting virtually, I think we can still get a lot of work done virtually. And I think that's going to give me more time to do 
more things because I have a lot of things I'm in brewing already. Well, we talked a lot about how you're dealing with it more, we'll say, uh, from a work standpoint. How are you feeling personally? That's something we always ask people since there's been, God, this has been a year. This year has been yeah. the longest decade of our lives. So yeah. how, how are you just personally dealing with everything? I mean, the same thing everybody says. It's been a lot, right? I mean, <laughs> all, my, all my answers are nothing that's unique to to me. I mean, I've lost people. You know, I'm not the only one who's lost people, but I've lost people. I lost one of my closest friends. And that really broke me, you know, for a while because that's he's somebody who, you know, right until he called and told me, you know, he had COVID and, you know, he, he died from uh, complications from COVID-19. You know, he was just telling me how proud he was of me and my wife and he, every day just calling, motivating us. And sometimes he's talking about the same thing. And it's like, you know, he's talking about how proud he is of me. I'm like, OK, I get it. You know, but, you know. I took it for granted because, you know, I, I got used to it and we talked every day and I, he, I, he always thought he was going to be here. Right. But he's gone so quick. And that's what the year has been like. That was my ultimate. It's more than just it's been a bad year. This has been one of the most devastating years of my life. Um, but with that, I would say it's he's also again, he was somebody who did a lot of the same things I'm doing. So he he him passing and him motivating me is giving me more motivation to just to not let 2020 defeat me there's a lot of great things that have came out of 2020 and i don't want to only talk about the despair right a lot of great things have come out of 2020 a lot of new way of thinking a lot of new initiatives people being their eyes are opening to some of the needs that people have so um i want to take that um take that and go forward into the next year and to just be motivated and to help motivate people and give people chances. Cause my whole thing is giving people options that they never had before. That's what drives me. Um, I don't care about anything else except for people being able to do and live their dreams without being told they have to be something right. Or they can't be something. So that's going to continue to motivate me COVID or not. Um, being inside the house or not, there's still things we can learn things that people can access kids can access, adults can access, uh, no matter what. So I'm not going to let 2020 defeat me. I'm going to take from it and, and, and continue to grow with it. Definitely one of the best answers we've heard on that one. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, again, like as as happy we as we may be about the political situation as of today, the, this year has been hard for a lot of people. And, yeah. and we've had to do it alone most of the time, other than like via webcams, which again, webcams, not the best way to see other people necessarily. No. And, and, you know, and Jesse, I want to say real quick, a lot of times I'm quiet about politics, right? I'm not the guy who's going to be posting a lot about it because the world that I'm in, I'm working with, a, a lot of times I disappear into the kids, right, into the youth. And right now the kids, they are aware of what's going on. They, they need to be aware, but they don't get to vote right now. They don't even have internet, a lot of them. So I want to work on that. You know, I want to work on telling them, you know, what yeah. do you want to be? You play video games. Why don't you become a, a game developer? I don't have time to argue with them about who's president, who's not. Right. Again, it is important. They need to know about all these things and they do know it. But I'm I'm really busy working on this next generation and making sure that they're not being pigeonholed into one thing and not having access to all these things. Right. A lot of times they use, as I call it, trauma porn to hold people down to to only think about when they so they think about black people or they think about, um, you know, uh, 
Latinx or anything, they think of despair. You know, I hate on TV when they say, what have you done for black people? And the first answer they say is, oh, look at what we've done with prison reform. Look at what we did. Like, if, like that's the only thing that we are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so as a kid, when they hear that, they think that that's what they're supposed to be. As long as I stay out of prison, I'm, I'm a good black person. And I, I just hate that. You know, I, I don't want to get caught up in the politics, right? I just want to be able to, to give the kids the tools to become whatever they want to be. If that means becoming a senator, if that means becoming the president, vice president, then let's do it. You look at Kojo, you look at Greg, you see the examples, right? I don't want to just argue about what's going on at the White House. I want you to get blind to what just happened here in Oklahoma. A black man had all those votes to be in Congress. He didn't win yet, but he had over 100,000 votes. Look at that and be inspired by that and be encouraged by that. Don't get blind by things that you know are really trivial and very petty right now. I want you to just shoot for the stars. So a lot of times I'm, I'm not the guy who's going to be arguing about politics a lot. Um, but again, I am an Africana studies, black studies minor in college. So I'm really vocal. I've been protesting and doing all these things. But you know, I've learned also that you got to keep the work going. And you can't get distracted by um, people trying to take you there, right? Wanting to fight you and wanting to do all these things. I don't have time. You know, I just don't. I mean, it sounds like part of it is you want to give them the tools so that, I mean, understanding that politics is important, but give them the tools so that it it doesn't have the kind of control that it can, right? Yeah. So that that who's in the White House doesn't affect them as much if they have the tools to empower themselves. They're going to, they're, these kids, they grew when I was six, I always tell people, when I was six years old, my president wasn't black. They grew up with a black president. They're, they have things they need to prepare for. Yes, the world that we want it to be is not there yet. But the people who are going to make it that, we need to arm them with all the skills they need to continue that fight. I may not see it. You know, it, it, I may be older when it finally happens, if it happens. But they need, we cannot tell them that, the only way to better black people is to 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 um, lessen prison reform. That's great, right? Because because of the things that led to that, the systemic things that led to that. But I need to make sure that these kids feel like when they're going to an interview be, to become a software engineer or work in Silicon Valley, that uh, they weren't a good culture fit isn't a reason that they don't get hired. Because why is there? Why are they not a good culture fit? Because the, again, of the system, right? I need them to go in there and blow them out the water and bring their all these get rid of all these stupid biases that we see in every industry, right? So that's where I'm focused on knocking those walls down where it doesn't matter because the system is getting destroyed. Instead of living in a system that's horrible and arguing about it and you know and me being in so much despair about the system, let's recruit the next people to go and destroy that system. So it's really about that for me. So Giving Tuesday is coming up soon. And for people who don't know, Giving Tuesday is a day where nonprofits try to do what they're trying to do the rest of the year, which is raise funds. But it's a day focused on that. And we wanted to give you time to talk about the organization you are helping to raise funds for, since apparently that's something we are good at now. Shout out to the Tulsa Voter Band. <laughs> yeah. Yes, if you can, I, I really appreciate you giving me the chance to talk about the Tulsa Debate League. Uh, you know, that's one of the things everybody sees. One of the things they see me doing. And um, again, Justin Daniels has been doing a great job. Ross. Ross is the found, you know, he's the he's the head guy, executive director over uh, the Tulsa Debate League. So um, Ross, Justin, I've had many meetings with them about doing some more for Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday is something that happens nationwide. Um, on December 1st, 
for nonprofits. It's a day of donations and giving. Um, you could donate before then, but up to December 1st is when we're doing a big you know, kickoff. So you'll see things all over the country happening for Giving Tuesday. And the Tulsa Debate League, we are going to have um, a live event that day, just a, kind of like a fundraising drive, but um, showcase some of our students and showcase some of our staff. But you know, I won't give all the secrets we're going to do, but it's going to be a nice thing. But this money goes... And you can donate to Tulsa Debate League. I want to say that anytime. And I've seen the, the the fruits of the labor. I've seen what it does. It goes into the development of our future kids all over Tulsa. We have over like 30 schools we deal with. You know, I know I work a lot with North Tulsa Debate League, but uh, excuse me, debate sector of it. But now that I'm development manager for like everything, that you remember, there's schools everywhere, and all of these kids need our support. Um, so these tournaments are—they're not easy to run, you know, even in person and in uh, virtually. They're not easy to run. We're always looking for judges. We're always looking for the resources. So Tulsa Debate League, have, we have great partnerships, but you know, we can always use the um, the donation of not just your money of your time. We're asking for that as well on Giving Tuesday. We need judges to come in and judge the kids. Um, debate is set up for lay judges, we call them, to come in. And um, it's actually better that way sometimes. Somebody who does, who's not a debater, who doesn't have experience, come in and listen to the arguments and say, hey, this team swayed me, right? So we're asking not only for, you know, to raise, we're going to raise, our goal is $5,000. And we're actually still looking for uh, a company or an organization to match us. So if you're listening, please match us if you want, up to $5,000. Or if you want to make the whole donation too, that's great too. We'll take as much as we can, but just know that it's going to the development of kids. I know I used to get up six o'clock in the morning, get to the school to uh, get on the bus with kids. And we go pick up the other kids and we get to the tournament. We had breakfast. Um, we, we went to different rooms and we debate, we have medals, we give out speaker awards. It's a long, hectic day that needs they need continued, continued fund, excuse me, continuous funding and volunteers. So we're not just asking for money that day. We're asking for volunteers to come in, just go to one tournament, maybe just spend your Friday or spend a Saturday with the kids and be amazed. And everybody that I've had who I've had judge come in and judge have told me thank you. They loved it. Is it's really life changing to see um, kids who are, you know. Not, from nine years old all the way to 18, talking about real things, the debating prison, school to prison pipelines. We were talking about in-school suspension versus out-of-school suspension, and kids are talking about prison to, you know, school to prison pipelines. And these are elementary school kids. They're telling you facts like, did you know that uh, black girls are six times likely to be suspended more than white girls? And they're, they're, they're in the debate round yelling out like, is that fair? Do you think that's fair? You're sitting back like, wow. So we... We, we want to keep that going. We are going to keep going, but we want the support. We need your support. So please donate to Tulsa Debate League. You can find us on Facebook. Um, you can just hashtag Giving Tuesday 2020 or just Giving Tuesday and find us in here at Tulsa. We're registered on the uh, national website, so you can go to Giving Tuesday. But really, just go to Tulsa Debate League on Facebook. You will find um, you'll start seeing things now about the Giving Tuesday, but you can also see how to donate to Tulsa Debate or volunteer to be a judge year round. Because right now, you know, you got to think how important it is that we are developing kids through virtual learning, which has been hard for everybody, right? It's been hard for people in the schools, st teachers, students. So we're just an extra ally that's helping with that in that fight, you know, because we're doing our tournaments right now virtually. We had a virtual summer camp we did, and it was, it was fairly successful. We had kids doing that. So we want to help you in any way we can. If you're, if you're struggling with that, if you need creative ways or you just need that resource to help you with this virtual learning, um, 
reach out to us. But we're definitely doing that, and we we aim to get back in person, you know, when it's safe. But we really we really care about these uh, young students, so we are, we're doing everything we can to uh, facilitate that in a safe way. But right now, we're doing it virtually. So we just need help. We just need your support and your money. So uh, continue to do that if you can. Tulsa Debate League. And I'm going to piggyback on there and call out three of our friends who uh, enjoyed debate through high school and got a lot from them. Uh, Hopper, Sutton, Flippo, you should all help out to judge or donate or both. But you know you want to get back into debate. You know you want to. Yeah. And I already volunteered to be a judge. I'm happy to be a judge. Just let me know when, when and where, and I will be there. Awesome. Because there's, there's nothing more satisfying than choosing who is right and wrong in an argument for me. So, <laughs> but oh, it's, but my, have, it's, it's my calling. And then you get to tell the kids why. They, you, they, I always tell the judges, yes, be honest. Yeah. I want them to learn. I don't want it to come in. Oh, mm-hmm. you guys are so cute. No, I, I need you to learn. I need them to learn, you know. And um, I'm glad, you know, Ross, like I said, Ross Faith is his name. And Justin have, have allowed me to just be a part of their world because they've been doing this for years. I'm not the one who started this, right? But they've they've been doing this for years and they just – they listen to me and they're able to work with me, but I definitely, Chris, I want to see a judge named Flippo because I want to hear the kids on the, bl- on the bus tell me like, well, Flippo told yeah. me that I was good. I want to hear that. I want somebody, <laughs> I want them to go through a judge named Flippo, please. I want that too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make that happen. Yeah. Whether he's oh, yeah. or not, he, we're going to make yeah. that Listen, happen. I'm going to warn you, he's going to be late. So <laughs> that's, that's really a joke for one person, but he'll, he'll listen to the six months from now. So it won't even matter. But <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. We'll we'll tell him that that we'll uh, he there. Was and he'll listen immediately. Hey, yeah. we'll be we're here in the spring and summer. There you go. Yeah. So the the link to the Facebook page and the website and the donation page I'll put in the show notes for sure. Because awesome. again, like I've I, I watched one of those the, the videos you posted on the internet from the last debate league thing that you did. Oh virtually. yeah. And it's just it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's fun, right? And it's a it's a great way to teach students the skills they're going to need later in a sort of very fun interactive way and And it's you know i always look so goofy on those things i'm always smiling so much because i'm so like happy just even when especially when the kids are doing the cross-examination that's my favorite part of the debates it's you know a lot of times they're reading cases and evidence but they when they get to ask each other questions that they have to just critically think of i love that so i'm always cheesing and nodding my head or making like ooh, like you know i always look so so cheesy on those debates but it's because and you will too once you're in the room or virtually listening you're going to be smiling and just in awe the whole time it's it's awesome it's a great feeling yeah I, i'm i'm in for judging as well in fact i want to be a competing judge with jesse so i can pick a different person <laughs> there you go we can do that we can make it happen <laughs> that's fair i was gonna say i put the call out to parents too if, if debate is not at your school reach out to us if debate is not at your school, reach out to us. If it is at your school and you need to find out how to get it connected, reach out to us. Because I get a lot of that question all the time. My kid wants to debate, but he doesn't have it at school. I will I will get that for you. We'll find a way. That's great. I mean, your your enthusiasm for all of these things is just very, I don't know. Infectious. Yeah, it's, it, it's Thank infectious. You. Thank you, Chris. Sorry, that's, that's not a good term to use these days. You, you're doing all these things, right? But I know there are times when you are not doing these things. Yes. And maybe you're trying to relax or enjoy yourself. So what are you doing during this pandemic to just wind down? Like what's your, what, what we've been calling us our pop culture comfort food or just Ooh. regular comfort food? <laughs> comfort food. Let me see. That's a good question because 
I thought you were gonna ask me like, what am I doing? Like in my spare time, my hobbies. Like, I don't have any cool answers anymore because I'm getting older now. Like I don't even. I try to play video games. I've been playing the same game for like I have like 80 games. I've been playing the same one for like years. And I gotta know what, what's the game that what's the game that you've been playing it's for nothing, years now? It's nothing cool. I'm not gonna lie and say like NBA 2K because I'm I try I'm good at that. I love it, but and I can't play these RPG game. My wife is a better at that than me. I've been playing NHL 2019 for since 2019 so and they're on 2021 <laughs> it right let's just i i just like it i, I like nhl 2019 yes. i know i just lost a lot of points but that's my game <laughs> listen you play it's, you love. it's mario kart and football games for me at this point yeah. so you <laughs> know, it's crazy like I'm, wife, I'm still good at those two things my wife is the one who's like great at call of duty and like far cry and all these games i'm watching the game like i'm watching the game through her and just red red dead redemption all those games i'm watching her play and just like my chins you know my fist under my chin like keep playing i want to see the cutaway scenes like i'm terrible <laughs> at them but she's just awesome at it sounds like you need to have a youtube video of you watching her play games yes i, I, I sure. want to love that because i'm like her i'm yeah, the like, best yeah. coach for why her. isn't this a twitch stream already yeah. like we make a good team because i'm like the i can't yeah i'm like no i'm like i strategize with her like you should call up the helicopter right now like it, the things i say work but i can't shoot for nothing i can't aim i'm terrible so i just live through her like i'm the, I'm the best at the strategy I'm, I'm great at that but execution horrible well you and i talked about this we just in those games were either shooting the, the ceiling or the yeah. floor yeah and just like running into things and then the kids i try to play at fark oh was that fortnite uh, fortnite <laughs> yeah. yeah fortnite the kids started bullying they started bullying me it was just hard they're going they're going so fast like how are they doing those things that quickly i have no anyway. idea kids anyway <laughs> well Obum, thank you so much this has been i oh, appreciate uh, you guys incredibly like yeah. both insightful and energizing and you know i just i'm glad i'm sorry we took you away from all the amazing things you do for an hour to come talk to us <laughs> but uh i hope that our listeners will support the telsa debate league and yes you know, and, and volunteer because volunteer again Giving money is easy. Volunteering is hard. Mm. So. I also want to leave with this too. Um, I know we joked about it, but I also because I don't just work with kids. I work with everybody of all ages, and I want I do want people to to look into Holberton. Go to HolbertonSchool.com because the things we're doing right now are amazing. We need people all over, not just Tulsa, but anywhere. And tell your loved ones you can become a software engineer in two years without experience. And Holberton can help you do that. We're trying to create, erase that bias that there is in software engineering. So I know, I, I know, I know that's my day job, but it's something I believe in, and I, I really want people to go look that up, please, because that's when I see people like right now. We just had our first cohort in nine, and they do the, they're done with foundations already. They're already finished with their foundations, and they're they're about to specialize now. But they're ready to go in the workforce already. So. Um, I'm just proud of them. I want to continue to feel have that feeling. So this is just me selfishly wanting more people to join so I can keep continue to have that great feeling and seeing people of all ages, uh, races, colors, sexes, uh, being software engineers. So please look up HolbertonSchool.com and you know, or come find me and I'll talk to you about it. Oh boom, thank you so <laughs> yeah, much. This was great. You. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Chris. Thank you all for listening to our conversation with Oboom. I hope you enjoyed it as much as uh, Chris and I seem to, and hopefully Oboom did as well. Please subscribe to Pod for Good anywhere you can get podcasts. Please like us on Facebook. And also, just a reminder, I don't just host podcasts. My company, Rant9 Productions, also produces them. So if you 
work for a place that's thinking about making a podcast, please reach out to me and I'd be happy to help. And for now, what has become the normal closing for a Pod for Good episode, not only do I tell you listeners to get it done, I also have to remind you again and again, wear a mask. 